Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Hey, welcome again to Growing in Grace. I'm Joel Brzezinski and Mike Kapler is with me. They call him The Gap and they call me The Breeze Man and I uh, sure do appreciate you coming along for this Wild Adventure into God's Grace. Um, I like a, a phrase that uh, Walter Brueggemann has used uh, regarding God. Walter Brueggemann is a, uh, a theologian. Um, some of our listeners might have heard of him. And actually, he, uh, he was a roommate of my dad in college and also in seminary. But that was many, many years ago. We're talking back in the 50s, I think. But anyway, he, he talked about God. Walter Bergman talked about God as being wild, dangerous, unfettered, and free. And that's the life that we have in him as well. And that's what grace is. Uh, it, grace can be dangerous, but in a good way. It, it goes against the grain of, of religion. It goes against the grain of legalism. Uh, God's grace Man, you just never know where the spirit, where the wind is going to blow, where the spirit's going to take you, and uh, so here we are proclaiming the goodness of God and His wild, dangerous, unfettered, and free grace. How you doing, Cat? <laughs> and if I go around starting <laughs> to tell people that I'm unfettered, I'm afraid somebody's <laughs> going to punch me. <laughs> well, try it and just see. <laughs> I mean, it's great... just one of those words you don't you don't normally use in everyday language. At least I don't. Uh, but I've never used but it. But I either, like it. Unfettered. That. Well, go use it for somebody and um, and see what happens. It'll be a great witnessing tool. I'm gonna I'm gonna double check myself on this. I'm gonna get the dictionary before I do this. But I'm gonna if somebody says how you doing, I'm gonna say unfettered, <laughs> just just to see how their response is. I, I just took a sip of tea before you said that. I shouldn't have done that. Part of it just Not ended up on my nose, paper in front of me here. <clears throat> okay, <clears throat> unfettered. That's the word for the week. Yes, I'm as opposed to fettered. <laughs> Don't go around. I'm a new creation. Is that what unfettered hey! means? Hey, no. There is a there's a, there is a concept for us to talk about. How about that? All right. Oh, there's a great right, segue. Sir. Of course, uh, that phrase comes from Second Corinthians five, which we will get into as a, a new creation. Uh, what this thing about a new creation? What, what does it mean? What's what's it all about? Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Let me, let me just pull this open here. I've got the hard copy here right now, not the electronic one. Well, you're full um, of questions, so I hope you have the answers, too. <laughs> um, if anyone is in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, he is a, a new creation, a new creature, I think King James might say. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us. There's that word we talked about a little bit last week, and maybe we can reflect on it again this week. He's reconciled us to himself or exchanged us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. And that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. And then to wrap up that chapter, he says, for he made him 
uh, God made Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's that a, that's awesome? a lot of stuff in just a few verses. Yeah, I mean, you know, so there's so much. And again, as we were saying last week, that is our current reality. I mean, that's the reality of life in Christ. If you believed upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, you've become this new creation. You've become a new being. And that word new, uh, as we've shared before on this podcast, um, it doesn't mean that something like the old you was made. You know, it's not like God took the old you and spruced you up a little bit and and just put some new dressing on you and you just became this better person. But it's actually a new creation made from nothing. So you, your life in Adam, died and, you know, died, was gone, disappeared, never to be brought up again. And the new you, God created this brand new being a brand new person, and of course, we're talking spiritually here. Uh, your spirit was made brand new, born again of incorruptible seed. There's another word there we can look up incorruptible just means that it can't be corrupted, and it's um something that God has done through the Lord Jesus Christ. So, when you know this thing called Christianity today. You know, you go into a lot of churches, and, and as always, we're not trying to put down the church here, but sometimes we got to just point out what, what is being taught in churches, because in the church today, you go in there, you sit down, you hear a sermon about all the stuff that you're supposed to do, or you'll hear a series of, of principles for Christian living, and you know, sometimes that stuff can be all right, and it matches who we are in Christ, and it's not necessarily all bad. But that's not really what our life in Christ is about. It's the fact that we died and that we've been made this uh, new creation, and now this new creation is joined together with God. That is our reality. Our daily reality is being joined together with him as this new creation, having been reconciled with him, our sin taken away, and uh, like you said, Cap, we've become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yeah, some of those performance sermons, I mean, you might as well be telling people that it's a good idea to use soap and deodorant and, you know, don't frustrate your spouse by leaving stuff laying around. I mean, if you're talking about practical living, there may be a place for some of that uh, in the church. You know what I mean? There's some people who actually need to hear some of those basic things, but we're talking about the gospel here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were talking about reconciliation in this passage, too. We've been reconciled. We've been given this ministry of reconciliation, God not counting our sins against us anymore. And we talked a lot about that last week. Go back to growingingrace.org to check it out, the previous program. You know, there, so there's this reconciliation. And, and again, that's where we get the word exchange back in the original language. One thing you won't find in the New Testament uh, under this new covenant is the word atonement. That was, that was an Old Testament word. Right. Maybe you've heard that word before, but atonement was really an old covenant word. And, and it would refer to, for example, the blood of bulls and goats, the animal sacrifices under that covenant would cover the sins of the Jewish people. But it could never take them away. It was just, it was just a covering, um, just like a stain on the floor where you throw a rug over it to cover it up. But it never really took it away. And so we've been taken from that to this new covenant where the, the sin has literally been taken away by the blood of Jesus Christ. And it's not that God is pre pretending that sin doesn't exist uh, or that our, our, our sins are actions that, that they don't exist. They really don't exist. 
because they were taken away. <laughs> I don't know how else to say that in the English language. Um, so he's not just pretending that we're righteous. He doesn't just see us as righteous. We really are righteous thanks to the finished work and the, the blood that made us complete in Jesus Christ. Yeah, he said, you know, God said, speaking of this new covenant, you know, back in the old covenant, when the new covenant was being foretold, God spoke of this coming new covenant, that nowadays we, this is what we're in. But he's, back then he said, in those days, you know, I, their, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. And it's not like he's, you know, forgetful, and he's like, well, someday I just, you know, I'll be so old I just won't be able to remember their sins. But he purposely took them away through the blood of Jesus Christ, and has forgotten them. Everything you've ever done, and in fact, everything you ever do, that is contrary to the holiness and righteousness of God. And and really, when we do things that miss the mark, we're actually acting, acting contrary to the holiness and righteousness that we are. That's why we don't like sin. You know, when we sin, we get this bad feeling. We, you know, A lot of people think that it's God putting a guilt trip on us or trying to make us feel bad for our sins, but really we feel bad about it because it's not who we are. But when we do that, God doesn't remember that stuff anymore, because like you were saying, Cap, God has taken those things away. And in fact, in Romans 7, it says, it's really, it's not even me. It's no longer I who do it but sin that dwells in me. It's this, it's this kind of um, residue uh, that kind of, you know, this leftover thing as we live in these bodies, there's this kind of a force in us that leads us into some of the wrong things sometimes, but that's not who we are. That does not define us at all. Our actions don't define us. What defines us is the new creation. God has made us a new creation. That is what he sees because that is the reality of who we are, a brand new creation. Well, and Joel, you know, where I used to be and where a lot of other Christians who have had a legalistic gospel of some kind thrown out to them, where I was at with this for many years was I became a new creation. That means I stopped doing what I used to do and I start doing better things. You know, that's I've become a brand new creation. Let me get this out here. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. What were the old things? The stuff I used to do that wasn't good. Uh, and what were the uh, uh, the new things? The new things that I, God wanted me to do. And I like what you just said there about how we're defined because this verse here and, and, and this passage, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17, it has nothing to do with what we do. Um, right. it, it has everything to do with what took place inside of us in our spirits. So old things have passed away. I mean, this 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 word creation, we become a new creation. It, it literally means an original formation and, and, and it means to make from nothing. It doesn't mean to take something that already is in existence and try to mold it and shape it into something else. It means to make something new out of nothing. And that's what we've become, new creations. And I know different translations say different things, but uh, and we came across this uh, several years ago, and it kind of hit us between the eyes, Joel and I, when we were doing a podcast. Old things have passed away. When you hear the word passed away in normal everyday language, at least where we live, you're usually talking about somebody who died. Well, we did. We, we were placed in Christ at the cross. We died. We were 
resurrected in a sense with a new life, the very life of God in us. Yeah, yeah, we were placed into the, into the body of Christ. We died with him and guess what? We rose again together with Christ. And so the life that we live is no longer us. It's it's no longer that old person that we were because we were placed with Christ on the cross and our sin as well. And all of that is gone. It's gone forever. And God isn't viewing us um, according to sin anymore. He's not viewing us according to sin. He's not angry with us. And here, here's something that really helps me, you know, you know, when we do things that aren't fitting or that are contrary to who we are in Christ, I used to think that God, man, he must be just so disgusted with me, that he must be so disappointed in me. But the truth is that in order to be disappointed... Someone's first got to have expectations. You know, if if someone has expectations of you and you don't live up to those expectations, then they're disappointed in you. But the thing is, God never expected anything from us. He, he wasn't looking for us to give our life to him. He crucified us with Christ and gave Christ's life to us. And that's the life that we live in the Lord Jesus Christ, his very life. And I know that there's much more to be said about this exchanged life. So stay with us. Uh, we'll get into some more stuff next week right here on Growing in Grace at growingingrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.